My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And I think this program, at least I hope, that it's going to be a blessing to you. Now, I don't know what you might be facing at this time or what you might be going through, what problem you might be facing, but I'm pretty sure you've been praying about it and you've been asking God to help you through it and to give you victory over it. But today in in the sermon, we're going to be thinking about something that we can do to help speed the victory up and to help change the situation or at the very least change our outlook on the situation. And that is we're going to be thinking about praising God in advance, praising God before we experience any change in our circumstances. And so you may never have thought about praising God in advance, but today that's what we're going to be thinking about. And we see a beautiful example of this in the Bible. So I hope this message will be a blessing to you. Sometimes in life, you're in a situation and everything just feels right. But tonight, I want to talk to you about something that doesn't feel right, something that doesn't feel natural, something that feels weird. And anytime we do it, we just say, this just doesn't feel right. And yet it is right. It is something we should do, even though it doesn't feel right. And that is praising God in advance. I want to say that again. Praising God in advance. Say that with me. Praising God in advance. What does that mean? Well, many times in life we have a problem, an illness, a situation, a crisis, a burden, a need, something in our lives, and we pray and we pray and we pray and we ask God to help us and we ask God to meet the need or to solve the problem. But if you listen to your praying, at least I think this is true for all of us, most of us, most of the time, our praying many times is full of more desperation than it is inspiration. In other words, it's just like, God, things are so bad, and unless you come through, the world's going to end, and the bottom is going to fall out, and it's okay to put all that out there and to tell God how we feel, but in our praying, we need to work in some praise in advance, even before God meets our needs. So if you'll open your Bibles tonight to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, we're back in our study of Jehoshaphat. And as I have said before, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. He was, his uh, capital was there in Jerusalem for 25 years. He was a good king. He was not a perfect king, but he was a good king. And on one particular occasion, and we read about it in our passage, these three armies joined forces. The people from Ammon and the people from Moab and the people from Mount Seir, they joined these three armies, came together and formed one army, and they were heading into Jerusalem to attack Jehoshaphat and all the Jewish people. And the problem was it was a surprise attack. And Jehoshaphat did not know in advance that they were coming. He had no real time to mobilize his army. And even if he would have had time, 
there were more of the enemy than there were of the Jewish people. And so in a moment, you talk about desperation, Jehoshaphat was in it. He prayed to God. He declared a national fast. And he said, God, basically what he said was, if you don't come through for us, we're going to be destroyed. We're not going to make it. Please, God, help us. Please rescue us from these different armies. And so he prayed and the people prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And after they finished praying, God spoke to Jehoshaphat. God spoke to the Jewish people through a Levite, a man named Jehaziel. And basically what Jehaziel did, he came to them and he said, all you have to do is trust God. He's going to fight this battle for you. But the one thing God expects you to do is to show up for the battle. We talked about this last Sunday. You show up for the battle. When you get there, God will fight the battle and you will be victorious. And so that's where we left off last time. And so tonight we pick up there thinking about Jehoshaphat and his people, his army, praising God before anything happened. Look in verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites, it says in verse 19, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. And so, after they prayed, after God told them what to do, which was basically just stay faithful and show up for the battle, they began to praise the Lord. They began to sing. They began to worship God. And when they did that, it's like everything changed. God used their praise to change the direction of the battle that was about to take place. Now, what I know is this. There are people here tonight who have situations in life of all shapes and sizes, and you have been praying and praying, and maybe you're still praying, and you're asking God to intervene and to work on your behalf, and He will do that at the right time. But what I want us to see tonight is if we will add praise to our prayer, there will be something about that praise that will change everything about our situation. And I want to mention tonight four things that happen when you praise God in advance. When you praise God before He answers your prayer, before He meets your need, before He changes your circumstances, before He does anything at all, you just begin to praise God for who He is. Four things will always happen. Number one, God will be honored. God will be honored. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says that God inhabits the praise of His people. Say that with me. God inhabits the praise of His people. And so when we begin to praise God, that just means to worship God for who He is. Not just for all the things He has done or even all the things He will do, but just for who He is. We begin to worship Him and declare by faith unto Him, God, I believe that You're bigger than this battle. I believe that You're bigger than this illness. I believe that You're bigger and more powerful than this situation. I believe You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I believe the last chapter of my life has not yet been written. I believe You're going to come through for me. God, I just praise You for who You are. And when you begin to do that, God will always be honored because think, put yourself in God's shoes. When God looks down from heaven and sees us facing a battle, sees us up against a situation, and instead of just praying, yes, we're praying, but in our praying, we're also praising and worshiping and honoring and declaring and confessing our faith to God, what does God do? God receives great honor because God says, they're trusting me before anything happens. 
They're trusting me and their situation is unchanged. Uh, Their need is unmet. Their problem is unsolved. Their illness is still present. And yet they are praising me. And that type of praise in advance always honors God. Second thing that happens when you praise God in advance, not only is God honored, but you will be strengthened. Did you know that praise, there's something about praise that has the ability of giving you strength and giving you power and It's like it energizes your faith when you begin to praise God. Now look in verse 20. It's exactly what happened. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And so the whole idea here now is talking about believing and trusting God and depending on God. And he's saying, as you do that, as we continue to praise God, and as we trust God, what we're going to find is our faith is going to grow. Our faith is going to get stronger. Now, there are two key verbs in that 20th verse. One is the word established, And the other is the word prosper. Look at it again. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Established. God said, if you will exercise your faith, praise God in advance. Praise God in the dark before he sends the light. The first thing that's going to happen is you will be established. Now, I studied that word established to try to get a better understanding of what does it mean to be established. And here's the idea of that word. It means to be built up, to be made firm, to be assured of, and to develop something called long continuance. That's not a word that I would normally use or probably you. Long continuance just means that when you're established, that helps you to be able to keep on keeping on. It's just a different way of saying that it helps you to persevere. So think what the Scripture is saying is, as you praise God in advance, as you trust God with your situation, and not only trust Him, as you declare, as you make a a positive faith-filled confession, you take a a, a verse in the Bible and you say, "I, I don't just believe it, I've not just memorized it, I don't just quote it, but I claim that verse, and I claim that verse... Uh, before anything even happens. I'm declaring that verse over my situation. I had a verse that came to my mind tonight. I was sitting down on the front row during the worship time, and I was thinking about the sermon. And I just said, God, help me to say what you want me to say tonight. Speak through me. Give me a clear train of thought. Help my words to come out smoothly. May there be power as I'm up there. Anoint the preaching. Anoint the listening. Anoint the responding. Help me tonight for the next half hour when I stand up there and preach. And a verse came to my mind out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And here's what that verse said. He who called you is faithful who also will do it. And I just thought, I've never thought of that verse until a few minutes ago before I preached the sermon. I think God put it in my mind tonight in his way of saying to me, I've called you to preach. I've shown you how to preach. I've given you a sermon to preach. And tonight when you get up there to preach, you just start talking and my words will come out through your mouth. I have called you and I will do it tonight through this message. And so this is the idea of being established and being strengthened in the Lord and claiming and confessing and taking a verse of Scripture 
Romans 8.28, Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19. Some of these verses we're so familiar with. And not just saying, I believe it, I can quote it, I put it on my refrigerator. But to apply that verse to whatever situation you might be going through in your life. You'll be established. But then he also said, if you'll believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Now that word prosper has a wide array of meanings. It would include financial prosperity, material gain, material blessings, but it's more than just that. That word prosper literally means to break out, to go over, to push forward. You see, in life, when we're facing, when we have a problem and we're praying, God, help me through this problem. God, give me a solution to this problem. God, come through for me in this situation. There is a sense that during that problem, it's kind of like we're... In in a sense, it's like we're in a box. And what we're really saying is, God, what I need you to do is to bust me out of this box. Well, that's what this verse says will happen. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets. Now, prophet of God is just saying the same thing God's already said. So it's just another way of saying the same thing. And you shall prosper. You shall break out. You shall go over. Sometimes when we have a problem, we view it as an obstacle, as a hurdle. And God says, if you'll believe... If you'll trust and if you will praise me in advance before anything happens, you're going to find that that praise lifts you up over that obstacle, lifts you up over that hurdle and takes you on over it and helps you to move on. And then the word has this word prosper, not only to break out or to go over, but it means to push forward. You see, when we have a problem, the, the real problem is we feel stuck. We feel like something needs to change. We feel like there needs to be a breakthrough. And so God says there does and there will be. But before there can be that full breakthrough in your life and in your situation, you have to praise God in advance so that through that praise, through that expectant faith, God will give you the power to push forward and to move on to what he has next. And so when you praise God in advance, now, like, this is, this is easy on the one hand to illustrate, and on the other hand, it, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but let's play like tonight that you are here, and you have a physical battle that you're waging. You're sick, and you're praying for God to heal you. You're praying for God to restore health to your body, and you believe God can do that, and you're praying, and you're praying, and you're praying, and yet you don't see anything in your physical body changing. You don't feel better. Nothing seems to be different. Now, I always want to say, especially on healing, there's a a mystery to, to, to the whole idea of physical healing. Sometimes a person gets sick, and God miraculously and instantaneously heals that person, and they just go into their life, no, no more problems. Sometimes a person gets sick, and God heals that person gradually through surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, or something else. Sometimes a person gets sick, and God's way of healing that person is by taking them to heaven, which is the ultimate healing. Amen? And so uh, we don't ever want to view going to heaven as a bad thing. That's a great thing to happen. That's God's ultimate healing. What I'm saying to you is, if you have a physical illness and you're praying for healing, unless God has told you, like he told the Apostle Paul, God said to Paul when he had this thorn in the flesh, he said, I'm not going to remove your thorn, but my grace will be sufficient for you. So he, basically, Jesus said to Paul, you don't need to pray for healing anymore because the healing that you're desiring is not going to happen on earth. But I'm going to give you grace, and that's going to make you stronger. Unless God tells you what God told Paul, 
that he's not going to heal you. My advice to you, and I think what Scripture would encourage all of us to do, is to continue to pray for healing. And not only that, to take some of these Scripture verses in the Bible that talk about healing and begin to claim those verses, begin to declare those verses, begin to confess those verses over your physical health. For example, there's a verse in the Old Testament. This would be a great verse for you to declare that says, and it's in Psalm 139, but part of that verse says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Say that with me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a verse that I love in the New Testament that as I think about strength and health and healing, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Say that with me. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And so if you have an illness, whether you're physiologically and medically sick or whether you just don't feel good and they say, well, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't know why you don't feel good. But still, you feel sick even though they can't diagnose you or anything. What I would encourage you to do is to begin to take these verses, take these scriptures and claim those scriptures. For example, you can just wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I may not feel good, but I don't live based on how I feel I live based on what God says, and God says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I, I mean, I don't always feel God when I pray. Sometimes I do. Sometimes God is so close to me I can almost see Him. Sometimes it seems like, why am I even praying? It doesn't even seem like God's listening or that God's anywhere near here. But we can't live by feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we walk by faith, not by feelings either. So just say, you know what? I may not feel good today, but I'm not living by how I feel. I'm living by what God says. And the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says God will restore health to me. The Bible says I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The Bible says I shall not live, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Bible says with long life, God will satisfy me and show me His salvation. The Bible says that God is restoring health to me and He is healing me of my wounds. And so the Bible says by Christ's stripes, I am healed. And so as we just claim those verses personalize those verses and confess those verses over our lives, what does it do? It helps God's Word to get in our heart. And now we're not living by how we feel. We're living by what God says. And now what God says is getting in our mind. And remember what the Scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. And so if you get up in the morning and say, man, I didn't sleep well last night. I feel rotten. And let's begin a new day. You know what you're going to do? You'll have a rotten day. But you wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Didn't sleep well last night. Don't feel particularly great. But you know what? I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You say, that's just mind over matter. That's not mind over matter. That's, that's scripture. Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. Isn't that interesting? It didn't say, let the weak say, I want to be strong. Or one day I'll be strong. But let the weak say, I am strong. Because when you do that, what are you doing? You are claiming by faith what God has said, and you are praising Him in advance. And as you do that, you're going to be strengthened, certainly and mainly spiritually and in your faith. But I even believe in your physical body. I've noticed in my life, when my faith is strong, I have an energy about me. I have enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm just means God in you. And so when my mind and my heart are in agreement with what God's Word says, I have 
in my physical body, I experience energy and strength that I would not otherwise have. So when you praise God in advance, you're going to be strengthened. You're facing something this week, you may want to just say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Instead of talking about how bad it is or how hard it is or how much you're dreading that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God causes all things, even this, to work together for good. And so claim that. Apply those scriptures to your life. And then the third thing that's going to happen when you praise God in advance is that the enemy will be confused. Think about that. The enemy will be confused. This is what happened in Jehoshaphat's case. Look in verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now, watch how they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Mount Se- of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And so these three armies, Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, they've joined forces to destroy the Jewish people. They came against the Jewish people. Jehoshaphat and the people prayed. They waited on a word from God. God said, trust me, show up for the battle. And then God said to them, and God put it on their heart, begin to praise me in advance. Begin to sing songs to me. Begin to to declare your faith in me by praising me. You know, you don't see people praising and celebrating a victory before the victory happens. You don't normally celebrate the victory until after the game's over. But in this situation... They began to celebrate a victory before it happened. And what did that do? God caused these three armies who had joined forces against Jerusalem to get confused. And those three armies began to turn on each other. And if you read it out here, they destroyed each other. They all, they all killed the Ammonites, killed the Moabites. The Moabites killed the people from Mount Seir. The other, they're all killing each other. And when it's over with, Judah had won the battle without having to fire a shot. Because the enemy was confused, kind of like back in Gideon's day in Judges, when they began to sing and praise before anything happened, the enemy was confused and they gained the victory. And then the other thing that happens when you praise God in advance, now think about what I've said so far, God will be honored, you will be strengthened spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and even physically. The enemy, the, I'm talking about the devil for us, for us it's not the Ammonites, Moabites, and Mount Seir, it's the devil and his legions. They will be confused because he wants to keep us down, discouraged, desperate, hopeless, moping around, the sky is falling, all that. But when we begin to praise God, the devil looks at that and says, how is he pray? How is she praising God when nothing has happened? And it confuses the devil, but not only does that happen, victory is guaranteed. Victory is guaranteed. In verse 25, it says, When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka. That word means blessing. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Baraka until this day. And so they praise God. And at the end of it, they are experiencing a tremendous victory in their life that they would not have experienced any other way. Praise, when you praise God, you're praying about a situation, nothing is happening. 
You just begin to praise God anyway. You begin to claim and personalize these promises in the Bible for you, for your situation, for your family. You begin to claim those and declare those and speak those over your situation. Not just saying it out loud. Yes, doing that. But truly believing that in your heart. It is just a matter of time until you have the victory that God wants for you to have. Well, we're going to have to stop right there for today. I know this. God wants you to have victory in your life. Whatever you're facing, He wants to bring you through that stronger than you were before you had the problem. He wants you to bring you out of that pit or out of that situation that is so difficult. He wants to give you victory there. But you're going to have to praise God in advance and just trust that He is in control, that He knows what He's doing, and that if you will respond properly with an attitude of faith, He will bring you out. If you've never visited our website, I would encourage you to do so, peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. We have some helpful resources there, booklets that we've written. We have podcasts you can listen to. And there's a place where you can contact us and let us know how we can pray for you. So have a great week and be with us next time.